everybody. Welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR. I'm Molly. And we are a happily married couple living in Billings, Montana with four children. And this conver- this conversation, this podcast is uh, exactly that. Simply conversations between us that we haven't generally haven't had before. Um, so that's what you're going to get if you're listening to it. And we it's talk about new, everything. It's fresh. We it's talk, raw. <laughs> we talk about everything from uh, uh, marriage to food to some politics, a lot of theology, uh, parenting, kids, sex, favorite drinks, something to eat. Oh, yeah, we homeschool. Um my friend Nicole texted me this morning that somebody on a homeschooling Facebook group that she follows asked about favorite homeschooling podcasts, and ours was mentioned, not by her. Whoa. Do you so, recognize the person mentioning it? No, I'm not on. It's a private Facebook group. So so we, you probably don't even know this because you're not on Facebook, no. and even though we're happily married, we don't talk a lot. It's true. Uh, so we use My Father's World for our homeschool curriculum. And I don't think My Father's World runs these groups, but every level of of education or every uh, family cycle, if it, if you're familiar with My Father's World, has a Facebook page going along with it. So I did Creation to the Greeks last year with our kids, and partway through the year, uh, my friend Lael, who lives in North Carolina, I think, maybe she's in South Carolina, never met her in person because the digital age is funny like that. She had posted something, a work, a worksheet that she had used for Greek roots with her kids, and it had illustrations and stuff, and I was like, whoa, where'd you get that? Because that didn't come in my packet. And she said, oh, a parent made it and shared it on this Facebook page I'm a part of. And so then I go looking and there's, it's just people posting pictures of things they've done, ideas of extras. And if they create extra files to go with quizzes, or I didn't really like how my father's world did this worksheet. So I redid it. They'll upload it to the file section on the workbook, on the Facebook page. And so when I finished creation of the Greeks, I left that Facebook group and I joined the Rome to the Reformation my father's world facebook group and there's people who started in august so there's a little bit of it's not fomo whatever the the sense of being behind in the mild panic that i think most homeschooling moms feel all the time from being behind <laughs> uh but uh because there's people who are now a month into their school year and we haven't even started yet but anyway if you found us on the my father's world facebook page welcome so this is like the big international national Facebook page. Oh no, no, it's it's got a couple. Or is hundred. it local? No, 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 it's it's not local. It's it's their national international. It's well, that's cool. It's do just, they know that one of their members is on the group? Is what do you mean? Group? Do they know? Did the person who recommended the podcast know you were a part of the group? I'm not a part of the group oh. because Nicole has younger kids, so she's in a different. Every single uh, learning session has its own group. All right, so whoever so, whoever recommended that, send us a message. <laughs> and, and thank you. We're glad that yeah, you like us enough to recommend awesome. us to other people. And we're also glad that you also use and apparently enjoy the same homeschool curricula that we do. So if you do want to send us a message, since we're on that topic, uh, you can email us at tb2f at pm.me, papamike.me, or you can send us a postcard through our website. So... Um, yeah, send it. We'd love to hear from like if you guys have whatever. I don't. We'd love to hear from you guys, regardless. especially if you're doing the same Rome to the Reformation that right? we are right now, because that would be. If you write cool electronic music, to I'd love to hear along. from you because I've got a couple <laughs> aliases that write electronic music. Or if you build vans, you know, yes, that'd be fun too. You're getting super niche. I feel like the, <laughs> the super my, niche. I feel like the my father's world. <laughs> world of our podcast listeners is probably going to be bigger than the writers of electronic music or the building out their family van. Although I think with the way the cultural pandemic is going, I think more the crush of people who are all of a sudden homeschooling in the last three weeks Mm -hmm. and probably in the next two weeks as more Uh and more schools mandate masks and threatened to move to distance apparently 
then my father's downtown, uh, speaking of my father's world apparently then my father's world uh website crashed this week and or didn't crash was uh, the word i heard was was overwhelmed with orders because so many people made the last minute decision to homeschool their kids for the 2021 22 school year which if you are one of those people I would just like to encourage you, and this is one of the, not, I would like to encourage you that you can do this. Yes. <laughs> and I, one of the things that has been on my heart today that I wanted to talk about was, I saw this Facebook post from this mom on a different homeschooling Facebook group that I'm a part of. And I was just thinking, sounds like I spent all my life on Facebook. You spend a I significant do spend a lot of time of on Facebook. I actually took it Instagram. off of my phone so that I would, for this last week, so that I would dedicate more time to other things in my life. I was really hoping it, there would be a big surge of people that wanted us to start our own Telegram channel. You know, it can't get blocked. We can talk about whatever we want, but nobody <laughs> I keep nobody meaning to through. join Telegram because I I see people I follow, especially on Instagram, saying I'm not I can't say what I want to say on mm-hmm. Instagram, so click over to my Telegram. And I, I really like Telegram. It it's weird, but you know, we could start our own Telegram group. We, we could to flush. Uh so so on my on my this Facebook group, this mom was saying how she was feeling guilty and overwhelmed. She's got five kids, in particular her second. She's struggling with attitude and keeping him caught up in school and uh, just feels guilty because she sees all of these other moms with more kids whose homes are perfectly put together and whose children are behaved and whose children are well-dressed and whose children are well-educated and part of me wondered if she was being, what's the word I'm looking for, overly dramatic. And part of me wondered if she was just feeling overly dramatic in the moment mm. because of just a crash of things that had come upon her. Because truly, I don't think a lot of us look at other families and think they have it all put together. You know, Facebook or Instagram and Facebook get a bad rap because we all put our best foot forward. But I'm not sure that any of us look at a family that went on vacation to Disney World and think, I bet they made it through that with no meltdowns whatsoever. <laughs> you never look at it. Like, maybe you look at them and think they look like they're having more fun than I would have oh, with man. my family at Disney World in this season of life. But I think a lot of us see the videos now of the two-year-old crying on the plane and the family getting kicked off the plane because the two-year-old has to suck their thumb and won't keep their mask up and and think i haven't seen that video oh i i don't know if it was a video it was a facebook post though the family got kicked off of the plane because the two-year-old is a thumb sucker and wouldn't keep their mask over their mouth because they were trying to suck their thumb you know what anyway just the point of that post was that was that we have become such a rule-oriented culture, and the rules aren't even consistent, right? If the two-year-old were eating a snack, they could keep their their mask down. That's the rule on planes. You can keep your mask down to eat a snack, but you can't take your mask down to suck your thumb. Anyway, no, no, my point here, let's not get angry about our crazy culture right now. Okay. The point is, I think (laughs) I think a lot of us with young kids look at that and say, that could easily have been me. We... Unless somebody's really, really terrible, a lot of us, I think, have enough empathy in our hearts. What to airline think, was it? I don't know. Sounds like United. To think, actually, it might have been Southwest. Um, I think a lot of us look at that and go, "That could very easily be me." Could you picture our three-year-old keeping a mask on her face? Never. She's not, not a thumb not sucker. Nope. She's a three-year-old. <laughs> She's a strong-willed, independent. Don't tell me what to do because I have sin in my heart and I mm-hmm. I have original sin in my heart, which is I want to be in control. <laughs> and so being told what to do, particularly, I think it would be a struggle for her because she's never been in a situation where mask wearing has been enforced. But that aside, anyway, um, I have been contemplating as I'm starting to prepare for this school year how how much of a burden particularly homeschool moms but i know moms in general 
put on ourselves because we feel like we're never doing enough. We're never quite good enough. And even um, podcaster and blogger, mega gal, Sarah McKenzie with the Read Aloud Revival podcast has a couple of posts that she puts up regularly at the beginning of the school year to encourage people. Because at one point she had, I think she had two older kids she was trying to homeschool and twin toddlers. And she basically says in this podcast, look, if I could survive this season, you can survive what you're going through. And I think even reading those, there's this, one of the reasons that I, I like Allie Stuckey, I know she's kind of a lightning rod gal, but I love the title of her book, which is You're Not Enough and That's Okay. Because the thrust of women's interest podcasts everywhere and of homeschooling encouragement is you are enough. You are enough. You're exactly the mom and the educator that God designed you to be. And all of your best efforts are exactly what your kids need, which is true and as far as it goes. Mm-hmm. But you may actually not be enough for your kids' education. You may genuinely be overwhelmed and not be educating your kids well and not have your priorities right and not be keeping a house to a even decent standard of hygiene, which I admit our kitchen and main bathroom fall below a really normal level of hygiene on a regular basis during the school year and even not during the school year when the three-year-old gets in the bathroom and scrapes. I've stopped using, this is a tangent, stopped using pump soap in the bathroom that the Mm -hmm. kids use the most because Faith uses like five pumps per time that she washes her hands. She literally cups her hand and fills it to the brim with gel soap. And when you're a crunchy nerd like I am and you've paid $5 for that little bottle of soap, it hurts your soul. To watch that much soap go, <laughs> she washes. You think she's? And then it takes forever to like. You would think she's off. prepping for surgery because she literally uses all that soap to wash up to her elbows on both hands. <laughs> and she floods the bathroom because she's then water is running down her arms onto the floor. Anyway, and the so boys we, pee on the walls. They do. You can bad. use a black light. Don't use a black light to see your the status of your walls and your floors, and it is horrifying. We only have one boy who is young and one boy who is old. And so the pea splatters go up to the young boy's head level. This is where I feel like I need to like pitch uh, home science tools to sponsor our podcast so I can, I can point them to their, to their black light. Right. So actually we, (laughs) we did, we did get, it was germ testing kit. Yeah. It was, it's a hand washing. Oh yeah. Hand washing. You get something that, uh, you put on your hands and then you wash your hands and you use a black light to see how much of it still is still on your hands. I don't know to... who's in charge of their marketing though anymore. <clears throat> I don't know who's in charge of it either. Anyway, I'm sure a lot of you guys, if you homeschool, know home science tools. And even if you don't homeschool, uh, it's a local family that runs a fantastic science, Huge operation now. science equipment and program thing. Anyway... Um, did we, have we talked about praying mantises? We did. We talked. Yeah, about I remember because Anna messaged us that she was utterly horrified at just the description of the praying mantis eating <laughs> the grasshopper. Oh, okay, so our fans are so the best. all I want to circle back participants in life. Yes, our fans, fellow so fellow pilgrims, fellow pilgrims who are weird and hard like we are. Yes, you guys are all weird and hard. I just called you out. Um, okay, so we went to Walmart yesterday to do back-to-school shopping. <laughs> I was trying to figure out where you guys were, because I got home and couldn't find anybody, and Ty was with me, and then I was like, oh, wait a minute. So I opened up uh, your profile. And I was at and Walmart. And I was like, oh, she's at Walmart pickup right now. No, it wasn't a Walmart pickup. Oh. It looked we, like that was kind of the side of the building you were parked on. Uh, no, I was out in the front of the building. Okay. Uh, we, uh, But I had my phone on me, so we were in the building. Ah, that was Maybe it, we were in the grocery section. Yeah, you were in the grocery section then. Um, I I took the girls in. Titus is at the cabin with my parents, so it was just me and the three girls, which is still a lot to take into Walmart, which is why I do pick up most of the time. But Faith counts for four girls. We went in partly because 
I didn't have time to place an order. And partly because you can't get school supplies in the way that I wanted to from Walmart Pickup. Partly because their online inventory from pickup shows them being completely out of dry erase markers. I couldn't get lined paper. I could, and the other bigger reason is for school every year, we buy the kids, I buy the kids a big binder and I put all of their worksheet pages that come from my father's world in it, as well as if we do an art project that's on a regular size sheet of paper, we hole punch it or just everything that we. That's that's their binder for the year. Everything we do school-wise that's worth saving and fits in the binder goes in the binder. And I let them pick out their own binders. And I thought it was... I, I don't get out much, you guys. I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> the first aisle we went down in the Walmart school supply section was full of trapper keepers. I was going to say, you came home... When I walked in the door after you'd gotten home from Walmart, I got accosted by all the girls saying, Daddy, come look at what we found. But they didn't. And I didn't let them buy so, trapper keepers. I know. Keepers. So I walked in. I said, did you guys get trapper keepers? Because if you guys, you if, if our younger, uh, younger fellow pilgrims aren't familiar, <laughs> back in the 1900s. They had trapper. They still have trapper keepers now, but they were all the rage. You get transformers they and cartoons. They were like trapper keeper TM for about a twenty-year period. Yes, and you could, you had all the little uh, folders that would fit inside your trapper, your traps, trappers that would fit inside your trapper keeper. And we had one. I think I might have gotten a new one almost every year. Oh but yeah, I had my math homework, English, and the only thing math, different than science, it, it's, language it's arts, a three-ring binder, but yeah. it's like plastic it's on the outside and Velcro, it Velcro shut. Yeah, Velcro It's shut. got a flap that Velcro shut over the top of it. The ones at Walmart... I'm convinced now that they were simply grooming kids to buy daytimers later on in life. They didn't know. You know what else has come back? So, I don't know, inflation aside, how expensive Trapper Keepers felt for parents back when we were buying them. Mom, you listen to the show. How did expensive did Trapper Keepers feel? Right. Because they are, they are about twice as expensive... As just a normal, not not one of the cheap three ring binders that you you know is just white vinyl with a clear plastic mm-hmm. thing that you slide your own picture into. Uh, those feel pretty expensive for what you get. I'm talking ones that are shiny, decorative. Lily bought one that was kind of an Indian mandala design, okay. gold of. foil, and Elise. Elise, oh, this is the other thing. Elise had race cars and tigers. No, Elise got Lisa Frank, which is another... Now, you have to explain to me. I don't know who Lisa Frank is. Lisa Frank is a designer who was super big, again, when we were in elementary school. In the 1900s? In the 1980s. Yes, the late Late 1900s. 1900s. And... Um, but not 1990s when we were wearing flannel and wide leg pants. I feel like the Trapper Keepers were really huge in my world in the 1990s. The early, I, for me, it was late 1980s, early 1990s. Yeah, because you're right. Because I, I, I quit, I quit doing school and took my GED in 96. So that makes sense. Same thing as you, again, may not be familiar with this, but caboodles, were makeup like and kitten, jewelry. Like kitten caboodle? No. They were like they were basically a the whole kitten caboodle. I've actually talked about this on, on my Instagram, my personal Instagram. They were basically like a fishing tackle box only for girls with makeup and jewelry. And you would open it and it would be in, you know, nineteen eighties colors. And you would open it, and then it would usually have a tray that would kind of fold up like a fishing tackle box. 1980s colors were mostly neon. Yeah. So hot pink, and then maybe in the 90s it faded. Anyway, caboodles are are back, and they're, they're... shockingly expensive over thirty dollars <laughs> wow. at least for one and i feel like i when i mentioned this on instagram my friend loretta's whose dad is a fishing guide and on one of the best fishing rivers probably in I the mountain loretta's west dad was a fishing guide yeah on the bighorn river oh fascinating i wonder if he that's, knows my buddy ron at ski patrol I, that's what he's he's done for her entire life he's I can't a what lodge he works at fishing though. guide 
and all the guides know each other though. So yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, so, so her dad being a fishing guide was adamant. You're not going to spend this much money on something that I can give you out of my own equipment. So, but dad, and Loretta, yours Loretta, is like you green guys, if you if you go to our church, one. you know Loretta. She is she is the epitome of makeup hair. She loves everything Style, aesthetic. Everything. Uh, Food aesthetics, everything, everything aesthetic is, she is genuinely just, you know, I'm sure that her kids fight and, you know, don't look perfect when they wake up in the morning. But in terms of Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest, everything she cooks is Pinterest worthy, uh, genuinely. And our whole sphere admires her greatly for all of those gifts and to think of her using a fishing tackle box instead of a caboodle is is funny. It's yeah, it's incongruous. Anyway, so Lisa Frank had like unicorns and dolphins and leopards riding uni- riding rainbows with clouds around them, and not neon colors, but really bright, just on the edge of neon colors. Super bright pastels. Well, no. That, primaries that feels like a, an oxymoron a super bright pastel fair anyway i i don't know if you don't know you lisa frank increase the luminosity maybe you also don't get out much or you weren't alive in the late 1900s uh just Definitely google alive lisa in the late 1900s. google lisa frank and you will see and so at least at least gasped in glee i kid you not when she saw these two dolphins Arch leaping out of the water together, and their bodies are shaped into a heart. So the two dolphins are making a, ho- a whole heart, and there's a rainbow behind them. And she gasped in glee and absolutely had to have this this notebook for her for her binder. <laughs> Lisa, this is interesting. Lisa Frank is an American, according to Wikipedia. No, according to LisaFrank.com, Lisa Frank is an American businesswoman, the founder of Lisa Frank Incorporated. She's known for producing whimsical commercial design for school supplies and other products that are primarily marketed to children. She's now 66 years old. And she probably hasn't created anything new. She's just recycling just things from the late from 1980s. The yeah, the late 1900s. Uh, yeah. So, um, also, while we were at Walmart, so our public schools have gone back to school Monday and Tuesday. Today is Wednesday. I know of a couple private schools that are going back to school today. I have not started yet. I was going to start on Monday, and then Titus went to the cabin with my parents. What have you guys been doing? I, I come upstairs every now and then when I'm working inside, and oh, you guys are doing stuff around the table. We're easing in. Oh, fair. We um, finishing up last last year's math. Yeah, uh, actually, so this this actually, you guys, feeds into the feeling of inadequacy and failure that I'm wrestling with as we start a new year because we did not finish last year's math. Um, Partly, Titus just really struggles with math facts and memorization, which slows down everything that we do because you can't, you can't, you can't do long division. You can't do fractions unless you can do basic mental math on math facts. And he struggles tremendously with that. And Lily picks up that attitude and this is so hard. I can't do this. And so rather than doing a couple pages a day, we throughout the last year, accomplished half a page a day and then we quit early for school because we did our big california trip and sort of struggled to pick it i tried to pick it back up and we would maybe do a page a week and i finally ordered a totally different program took a month off and we've started back in on it and we are now again like i never thought of myself as i'm going to be a tiger mom homeschooling mom and if you don't know the phrase tiger mom there's a there's a book by an Asian gal who considers herself a tiger mom because she pushes her children to achieve. And I've never thought I would be a tiger mom, homeschool mom. I'm more of a, I want my kids to enjoy their youth and to be children and to Yeah, experience. you're more of a unschooling. Right I'm not unschooling. Don't take I'm, a shower. I'm a little bit more of a, sort of I showered today. Thank you very much. I'm more of a wild and free, let kids be kids, because I think that important things happen developmentally in their brains as well as in their bodies if they spend a lot of time doing their own exploration. But we do do our school 
and I'm struggling with feeling like a bit of a failure because my kids are repeating last year's math grade level, albeit in a different program this year. And, uh, again, so I, this is, I wasn't going to talk about this today, but I will. So (laughs) (laughs) I have long believed that people inherently grade ourselves on a sliding scale and I've, I've, I'm down at the bottom I've used in this in a couple of talks to women. Like I was a speaker at our church's women's retreat a couple of years ago, and it resonated with people. And this all started, I have to make a mental note of where I'm coming back to on this, but I have, I, when I was fresh out of seminary, Dove, the soap, the soap company, started their campaign of real women's bodies. And so you would see giant billboards in Times Square and full-page ads in color magazines. And it would be a variety of different women of different heights and just real women's bodies. All standing around in their underwear? In their underwear. So, And, and it was usually either nude tone or black. It wasn't, it wasn't um, racy underwear. It would be... Yeah. Uh, you know, Stuff your grandma would wear. Yeah, kind of. Or stuff a real woman would wear <laughs> to be comfortable. And so... You're not comfortable in a lacy thong. <sighs> right. <laughs> so, you know, I think probably all black cotton underwear. Anyway, Google, like, Dove Real Women ads, and oh, you'll probably silk. see what I'm talking about. And I think that what they were trying to accomplish was good as far as it went. But what it made me realize is... What women's eyes do when they look at those ads is they're still comparing themselves to every single woman on there and feeling better. Like, okay, I'm skinnier than that woman. I'm heavier than that woman. My belly pooches out more than that woman. You know, she's got nicer boobs than I do. And you're still, you're looking at this page of real woman and it's supposed to make you feel better about yourself. But the only way it makes you feel better about yourself is because you're grading yourself on a curve rather than against the so-called absolute standard of like a Victoria's Secret catalog where there there was women basically all have the same body. They're all unattainable. And so we're all failing by this standard. And so we're instead of what we're doing is we're just lowering the bar enough that we get a passing grade. And we do this not just with our bodies, but we do this with our house cleanliness. All the things that I listed earlier where, you know, I'm speaking specifically to women, but I suspect men do this too because you also have a human heart. But we do this with with how our house looks, how our kids behave, how heavy we are, how good of a cook we are. Um, with how much money we have, with what kind of car we drive, with how well-kept our, our car is. And the thing that the... <clears throat> when Jeremiah says, the heart is deceitful above all things, who can know it? What we do, because we have an inherent need to feel okay about ourselves. And Tim Keller, years and years ago, I heard a sermon where he, he used... He equated the phrase needing to feel good about ourselves with self-righteousness. And so now we have theological language to go along with this sense, this deep sense in myself that I am not okay, but I must feel okay with myself in order to function normally, in in order to actually function on a day-to-day basis. I need to feel okay with myself. And so based somewhat on this sermon from Keller from a friend of mine gave me a cassette with with the sermon on it when I was in seminary and even then cassettes were going out I could only play it on my in the cassette player in my car at the Mm. time I didn't own another one but now so so we have this this we create this 
ever changing because we have deceitful hearts sliding scale to compare ourselves to others and determine our okayness. So here is an example of how I find righteousness, i.e. my sense of being right with myself and with the world by comparing myself to other families. When If we go to church on a Sunday morning and we're on time, <laughs> I look at every family that comes in late and I'm like, well, hmm, feeling pretty good about really? myself. Hilarious. Sometimes. Right, this, is, this is the example that I used in the women's retreat and it still is actually true. So I look at these families who come in late and I feel really good about myself because we were on time that morning. The next Sunday, we're late. I can look at the same families and still find a way to feel okay, i.e. righteous in and of myself, because I can find another way. Well, these guys probably got in a fight coming to church and we actually were peaceful even though we're late. Or, you know, I can find some other way to put myself above them. Well, you know... They're at church, but their girls' hair isn't brushed and my girls' hair is brushed. So that's why we're we're late in there early. Or if we get there at the same time and my girls look disheveled because they do a lot and their girls look good, then I'm comparing myself to them because uh, I don't care as much about externals as these family who made sure that their girls look all put together and perfect. Wow, you spent a lot of time but then, thinking. But then, no, no, no. Here's here's the amazing thing. I don't have to think very hard about this at all. But see, <clears throat> see, let me go one more. So then the next week when my girls have cute hair and somebody else's kids look disheveled, then I feel good about myself because we're the more put together family in this instance. And the amazing thing, like I just said, is I don't have to think hard about this at all. My insecure, yet still self-righteous, needing to feel right with myself in the world heart is constantly scanning the world around me and constantly adjusting the scales so that I come Mm. out okay. I don't have to do sit there and think, how am I going to look at the family sitting behind us and feel better about myself compared to them? It's instant. I instantly find a way to compare myself to them and to come out on the better end. And I know that there are women who do the snap comparison and come out in their minds on the bottom end. And that is a different calculus that's still seeking self-righteousness. The thing is, both with the dove physical external thing and with all of the things in our hearts is we have to get off the teeter-totter. You know, in a teeter-totter, in order to be up, you have to push someone down. The entire point of a teeter-totter is someone is up and someone is down. And it's... Maybe that's... uh, Yeah, that sounds like an interesting um, government-mandated sort of toy. (laughs) It's actually super fun. (laughs) When I grew up, my... We always used to try to drop down... Fast enough and hard enough. Yeah, to the other person flying. went launching up. Did you? So we grew up back in the 1900s on playgrounds with giant ones. Oh, the huge ones were so much and fun. And my grandparents had a farm in northern Wyoming. Was strap in. And my grandpa had built one out of metal pipe and this giant piece of, um, I don't know, like a two by six or something. And even the handles were metal pipe that were just bolted to the wood and i in my mind as a kid the the lever part in the middle it was taller than i was and in uh, it would be interesting to go back now it's not there anymore it's long gone but uh the the things that my grandpa had constructed for his grandkids on their farm they also had uh, this giant metal pipe swing set just a a frame swing set and the it was a tire swing, but instead of the tire just being the giant tire hanging there, it was a big tire that he had cut uh, like armholes in, and so you actually sat inside the tire, 
and you had armholes and you could just really get ripping on it. <laughs> anyway, the you know, getting on teeter totters was always kind of an adventure because there's always one kid on the end. Sometimes you have to climb. Yeah. All right. At the same time, go. Somebody would miss and be hanging from the teeter totter. Yes, like super high up. <laughs> you're like, or you're climbing up one end to get on. Uh huh. Yeah. So so the teeter-totter of our self-righteousness is that we always have to, somebody always has to be below us for us to feel good about ourselves. And we have to self-consciously get off of the teeter-totter because our standard of righteousness is, first of all, completely unattainable by human standards. Second of all, it's not great on a curve. And thirdly, it cannot be our our internal sense of self-righteousness, i.e., I'm okay with myself and the world around me, cannot be the standard by which we judge ourselves or others. And that's where the fancy theological language, the imputed righteousness of Christ, really, the rubber hits the road. It's tr- It's a tremendously applicable concept that's not just theoretical oh it's lovely that jesus died on the cross for my sins and i get his righteousness you know the whole judge analogy and the judge says i'm going to punish my son instead of you and you get to go to heaven now this is where the rubber hits the road with jesus lived a perfect life for me and he died for my sins because by the power of the holy spirit jesus is sanctifying me and giving me his righteousness and so i no longer have to live according to this ever-changing sliding scale that ruins my relationships with other people and also gives me a false sense of of being for me anyway for me being a prideful person gives me a false sense of being okay or on the reverse side when i imagine so this is where this is where the rubber hits the road for me this morning with the kids doing their math, repeating the last year's worth of math, which hopefully will be easier for them because they've done a lot of this. But anyway, um, I look at other homeschooling moms whose kids are thriving and who are not behind on every grade level. And I could, in my heart, think... They've got bad well, marriages, they don't cook well, they don't... Right. No, no, no. Well, sleep well. well my, kids, my kids are more developed. My kids are more developmentally happy because they spend a lot of time outside. Or, I guess well, I do the same maybe thing. my 10-year-old isn't, isn't great at math, but he's a fantastic reader. And, you know, I, I can do all this stuff looking at moms that seem to be better than do I am, trying to bring them down a bit on the teeter-totter so that I feel better about myself. I also can look at all of the public school kids who are, by by objective standards, this isn't just me feeling self-righteous as a homeschooler, but by objective standards, most public school kids are falling further and further behind academically because of COVID regulations, because of not just because of the shutdowns, but because of all of the other regulations that continue. Which means up. all of you fell behind homeschool families will soon be on par. Well, but but that's <laughs> as they fall behind, that kind of quote catch up. That's the point, though. Is we are responsible to God and mm-hmm. to, with the responsibilities that He's given us in stewarding our unique family and our unique kids to do to work hard and not to be lazy and justify ourselves and our laziness but to do what's right by our family and where God is uniquely calling our family so again I'm not Loretta doesn't listen to our podcast I'm you know but she, she should she does she does these fantastic unit studies with beautiful artwork and they make their own posters and her kids are wearing period costumes and cooking period food for the whatever they're studying and she posted on Instagram because she delights in doing these sorts of things. I can compare myself to her when my father's world roamed a reformation the first week. They're like, have a traditional Roman snack of nuts and cheese. And I'm like, I mean, like planters, like just go buy the mixed nut thing at Costco. And hey, guys, we're having a Roman snack. <laughs> Good for us. <laughs> um, I mean, Faith will be like, goat cheese. I want goat cheese. Was, sorry, Faith, that was Greek. And we've moved past Greeks. We did past great. Greek. We finished the Greeks last year. 
Uh, no, but <laughs> uh, we still have goat cheese. We will have goat cheese forever. Goat cheese is delicious. No, you guys. No, no, no. We're not going to talk about goats. <laughs> we don't want to scare people away. <laughs> um. Anyway, I such a great story. My encouragement to everybody out there, not just homeschool moms, is look for ways where you feel like you're at the bottom of the teeter-totter and you're feeling badly for yourself or you're on the top of the teeter-totter because you are finding your righteousness in looking down on other people and deliberately ask the Lord to help you get off of the teeter-totter because your righteousness and therefore not just your judicial standing before the Lord, but also your sense of being okay in yourself and with the world around you comes from God and God alone. Yes. And um, because I know there's men listening to the show too, not just you, uh, don't get lazy when you get home from work. You know, if you can give, especially if you're starting out for the first time, your wife's going to be toasted. And, you know, do what you can to alleviate some of that stress when you get home, take care of the kids, help out that. Don't like don't demand sex that night, <laughs> you know, or whatever the case is, um, be cognizant or at of the least do the dishes and help clean up the kitchen before think about, you ask for it. Okay. Think about most dads don't always stay home with their kids by themselves, but there are times when like you'll take off for a weekend or something like that. Now imagine that you're doing that, but just all the time now, like you just don't get a reprieve. Like, there's just no break. There's never a break. Molly reminds me that every time I kind of get a little bit snarky with something. She's like, I don't, I don't, there's, there's no such thing. I just, I, there's no, there's no off time for me. It just doesn't work. Um, and also, oh. I'm so not, I'm my point being was just a challenge to all the fathers and husbands out there to uh, not be lazy, to be attentive and um, to try to, try to take some of that burden off, especially if you work out of, out of the office every out day. Of the house. Molly and I have a rule that if I'm working on music, the kids are allowed to bother me. So, so frequently I will bring them down and there's been days where I've taken, you know, the toddler or Elise and they've come down and just watched the Kindle or watch something on my TV screen while I work just to get her out of the hair, get her out of Molly's hair. Now, a lot of people can't do that because they're at work. So when you get home from work, don't demand a beer and say, honey, rub my feet. I've had a long day. Flip it around, give her a glass of wine, rub her or feet. Or just feel like you feel yeah. entitled to zone out. Yeah, don't zone out. That's a big one, too. A lot of guys just zone out. So don't do that. That's my word. Um, I. What, what time are we at? Uh, we're 40. 40. Okay. I'm going to end with two scripture passages that have been challenging me this week. Uh, we bought our kids the second season of the Slugs and Bugs show on Amazon Prime a couple of, maybe a week ago. They We had kept from them the fact that there was a second season because we didn't want to spend the money on it until they were watching Slugs and Bugs videos on YouTube on my computer and it auto-played to a trailer for season two. And they were like, ah, there's going to be a season two. And I was like, uh, it's been out for a long time. There is, uh, on season two, there is a justice episode. That we haven't previewed we yet. We haven't previewed yet. Um, given what I've seen from a lot of that community, unfortunately, I don't have high hopes for this particular justice episode. But we'll we need watch to it. preview it. We need it. to watch it and we'll let you guys know. But one episode that... that probably struck me more than the kids in conviction was the rap artist what is it was he rap propaganda. propaganda is it what's his genre spoken word rap okay so he Art. he comes on and i can't remember that the puppets are having if you're not familiar with slugs and bugs it's kind of like sesame street where there's people and puppets interacting and they have special guests so propaganda is a special guest and Two of the puppets are having a conflict over something, and he he uh, he comes back to the full armor of God, and they have a song called "The Full Armor of God," which Jr. can link in our show notes on YouTube. It doesn't have him; the the it's just a picture of the album cover. But he emphasized even in the conflict between the puppets, the 
our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That our struggle, even when we have interpersonal conflict, is a spiritual struggle. And we have had a decent amount of interpersonal conflict, not between ourselves, but external to our immediate family in the last couple of weeks. And I keep coming back to the full armor of God is not so that I can be better than the person that I'm I'm in conflict with. The full armor of God is equipping me to ideally come alongside this person as a brother or a sister in Christ or as my children when there's conflict in my home. Ultimately, this is a we have to see this as a spiritual battle. And I think in our in our culture the way our culture is going, the battle lines are becoming more and more clear. And there's this massive culture war and even even conservative people, conservative Christians with whom I would consider myself very much aligned, I don't think are seeing this as, as much of a struggle is not against flesh and blood as maybe would be helpful for them. And this is also my default, which is why I'm saying this aloud, is when you are feeling insulted by someone, when you're feeling threatened by the culture coming in around you, the tendency is to find a human scapegoat. And the human person does need to be dealt with, or the political situation, we have responsibility in voting and making our voices heard and things like that. But ultimately, every single struggle that we have at root and also the solution for this is vertical and that has been something that I've been dwelling a lot this week both with the macro scale because if you're listening to this behind you know not as we release it the day after we release it uh, this is the week that Afghanistan has really blown up and Mm -hmm. we're seeing images of children clinging to airplanes taking off and falling from the sky and uh, soldiers Oh, I had a whole other thing I was going to talk about with you, but I won't. Just the, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this is that if you want to go, go down a really interesting Google train, the image of there's one image of a soldier, a, an American soldier in the in the Kabul airport holding a tiny baby who has been handed over the razor wire fence to the American soldiers. So these desperate Afghani parents are are literally handing their children over with no diapers, no food, no instructions, and no hope of necessarily ever seeing them again, just at the hope of have them having a life, literally having a life, um, and hopefully a freer life in the West as a refugee. And there's one picture of this guy in his full fatigues smiling down at this tiny baby, and I saw that picture and thought that guy is a dad because and this is the interesting google track that you could go down men undergo tremendous hormonal and actual physical changes to their brains women do too with having children and that those physical changes even though men are like oh my testosterone level drops when my wife is pregnant like that bums you out kind of because testosterone makes you it's actually tremendously good for society because you look at somewhere like China, where they've aborted several a generation now or two of women, and now these men have come of age, and there's nobody for them to marry and bear children with within their own culture. And so you have men whose testosterone level it will never drop, and so they're going to be hyper-aggressive in a culture that's working on becoming militarily aggressive anyway. It's very sobering to think about, but it's very good for a society to have men whose brain and hormonal structure have altered to be more nurturing. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, this picture of this man smiling down at a baby. There are men in the world who are tremendously good with babies who have not had their own. But the way this guy was looking at this baby, I thought, this guy's a dad. And what an amazing thing that he's caring for somebody else's baby Well. His wife is probably stateside with his own. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, so if you're listening to us, the world has tremendously blown up this week in very sobering ways. And um, as I have been 
taking Facebook on Instagram off of my phone and trying to spend more time directing my heart to the Lord rather than to the distractions of things like that. Uh, the Our struggle is not against flesh and blood has repeatedly been on my mind. Hmm. That's a good word. I had a few other comments that just kind of ran through my head, but... But I kept talking. I yeah, I kept talking <laughs> and I just was like, no, whatever. Not important. So, um, anyway, thanks for joining us, you guys. That's all we've got for this week. We will be back, uh, Lord willing, next week for the show. If you want to, uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, if you want to reach out to us, you can send us an email at tb2f at pm.me. You can send us a postcard on our website, or you can even send me a text message. Molly, I usually send all the text messages to Molly, too. Um, what I should have done is used our joint Google number for our Too Busy to Flush phone number but then people would call the house and that would be kind of awkward <laughs> <laughs> we never know what to do when that phone rings anyway whoa this is weird so yeah you can uh send a text at 406-318-7136 love hearing from you guys and enjoyed my conversations with everybody in fact paul had rang my phone as we were recording the show so it's almost like dude we're recording your favorite show right now so <laughs> your favorite show just calm down um other than that, you can visit us visit, visit us on the website, toobusytoflush.com or Instagram at toobusytoflush. Um, there was something else I was going to mention, and I forgot what it was. And if you want us to start a Telegram channel, <laughs> let me know. Not a channel, a group. Uh, uh, there's a difference between a group and a I don't even know how Telegram works. So It's like uh, instant messaging. Um, but uh, if you want us to start a, a Telegram group and interact with us, with us there where you're afraid we, you know, nobody will get canceled for having random opinions, then feel free. Shoot us a message. Let us know. Um, no, there was something else, but I can't remember what it was now. Hmm. Hmm. Sorry. Molly's available to speak at all your favorite women's conferences. <laughs> Just be warned, I'm weird and hard and not your normal women's speaker. <laughs> <laughs> Booking shows. Let's do this. And I promise if you book me, I will shower first. <laughs> That's your new tagline. Book me, I'll shower before I come. <laughs> oh, man. That's a high compliment if you know me. <laughs> All right, guys. Oh, I remember. Thanks so much for sharing us. That's the biggest compliment anybody could ever give us. We appreciate the ratings uh, on... on um, on iTunes and I think we now have enough where it actually kind of matters a little bit so thank you for that appreciate it super awesome and with that we'll see you next week <laughs> <laughs>